Every believer has the capacity to live as Jesus lived. Live victoriously over sin, sickness, death, poverty, and every evil works of the enemy. You can transform not just your own life, but the lives of people around you. The more you expose yourself to the words of God, the more you see it flow through you. In this message, Pastor Philip teaches on how you can respond to God's unconditional love for you. Live your life in the reality of His power and be all His Word says you can be. Father, we worship. Lord, our master, our father, our maker, our lover. We love you, Lord. Take your Bible in your hands, second books of Kings. Second Kings chapter 4. Take your Bible in your hands. We read from 2 Kings chapter 4. We read together from verse 1 to verse number 6. So please read loud and clear. 2 Kings chapter 4. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your presence. Lower pain, lower back pain. Healed in the name of Jesus. Lower pain, pelvic pain, back, lower pain, healed in the name of Jesus. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 1. The Bible says, Let's read together from verse 1. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be slaves. Verse 2. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Verse 3. Then he said, go, borrow vessels from everywhere. Somebody say everywhere. From all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not God that just a few. Verse 4. And when you have come in and you shall shut the door behind you and your sons and then pour into all the vessels and set aside the full ones. Verse 5. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels unto her and she poured it out. Verse 6. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So she oiled Sees. Father, we ask that you bless the reading of your word today in the name of Jesus. Let it bring fruits to our lives. Let it change our lives. Let our lives never remain the same again. Let our lives be turned because of it. In Jesus' precious name. Would you put those hands together and celebrate Jesus? And then talk to your neighbor to the right and tell them, Good morning. It's good to see you. Hallelujah. Good morning. Amen. Amen. And then you can have your seat. Praise the Lord. I'm not used to stage yet. Only forgive me. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
Help me walk up your neighbor. You can say, neighbor, welcome. I love you. You're looking beautiful. If your neighbor is not smiling, insist you must smile. Thank you. You know, we started a teaching about two weeks ago on church without walls. And I was emphasizing on the fact that the church of God was not built to stay within four walls. That what we call church is not a building. What we call the church is the people. And everywhere Christians go, we can have church. You can have church anywhere. You can have church in your office. You can have church in your church shop. You can have church at your workplace. You can have church at your business place. Everywhere that you go, you can have church. You can have church. And I told you a story about how I was supposed to give someone a quick notice who has not been paying her rent. And my client says, we should evict her. And uh, she, she was staying with her husband because she's not been paying rent. And I got to the house. And when I got there with a the quick notice, she was laying down sick on the floor. And her daughter, both of them sick. And because I was first of all, like I used to say, I was first of all a blood-washed, spirit-filled, fire-baptized, Holy Ghost, full believer, before I was called to bar. I knew that there was, a, there was an urgent demand on the anointing in my life. So I dropped the quick notice and I laid hands on her. And I said, woman, in the name of Jesus, I declare you are made whole. Laid hands on her daughter. And I got them healed in the name of Jesus. Then I gave her the quick notice. Amen. I have a quick notice for sickness anywhere. Printed, typed. You just name it diarrhea. Just type cancer. Now, what am I saying? It was, a, it was a workplace and yet we can have church anywhere because church is not confined to a building. Church is not confined to a location. Church is supposed to be beyond. Beyond. I said last week that it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to raise a company, a business. It takes a village to raise anything. And that means that there are contributory participation from everywhere. Everybody contributes. And if you're a child, particularly if you're from Africa, you know, except for those of us that are just growing up now, in those days, everybody's parent is everybody's parent. Anybody's parent can beat anybody. If you mess up on the streets, your, your friend's daddy can beat you. And after beating you, your father will thank him. Thank you for beating him. God will help us watch these children. They will not disgrace us. So everybody contributes. But the sad news is that what was used to raise you could be the very reason that restricts you. The same thing that was used to bring you up could be the same reason why you don't expand. What was used to bless you could now imprison you. What was used to bless you could be the reason why you are incarnated. It could be the reason why you are incarcerated. The, re the reason why you are raised could be the reason why you are restricted. The thing that you got used to that you will never change. You got used to your village. You got used to where you grew up. You got used to where you started. You got so used that you were not ready to stretch. You are not ready to put your feet on unfamiliar grounds. You are not ready. You got used to it. So it became a restriction. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 14 quickly. Hebrews 13 verse 14. God is always, always asking for a stretch. Always. Every time God comes to speak to his children, he comes to speak to them to be more. To demand more. To request for more. To stretch more. Every time God comes, he's asking for more. That you can be more than this. You can be better. Your prayer life can be stronger. Your study life can be stronger. You can spend more time in God's presence than you're spending now. God is always asking for more. Hebrews 13 verse 40. What does it say? Who is there? Somebody has New Living Translation. Help me. 
For the world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward. So there's always a looking forward to. There's no way you are that is permanent. That was why through the desert, they did not build flats. They did not build bungalow. What were they building? Tents. Because there is no permanent. You are not supposed to create permanent residences on your journey. God can stretch you. God can move you. He's asking for more. Your prayer life can be stronger, can be more fiery than it is. You can pray more. If you're praying for 15 minutes, you can pray for 30 minutes. If you pray for 10 minutes, you can increase to one hour. You can increase whatever you do. You can study God's word. You can sit down and study God's word. You can increase your, you can increase your dedication to God's call. You can. You shouldn't get satisfied with your level today. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. You can pray more. And if you don't know how to pray, you can go. Let's, let's pray more. Let's pray more. Let's spend more time before God. Let's, let's tear up the fire. You know, I got tired one time. I said, Lord, I must, my prayer life must change. My prayer life must change. After praying and praying and praying and praying and praying. After you have prayed for yourself, pray for your brother, pray for your auntie. Tell me, you pray for everybody. You pray for Nigeria. You pray for Africa. You look at the time. It's 10 minutes. I say, ah, I've been praying since. How is the time very slow? Because the time is very slow when you're praying. But it's very fast when you're watching movies. You are wondering how time flies. How time flies. But then the boredom and the, and the religious, the religious burden of prayer makes it, makes, makes it, makes it uninteresting. But you must ask the God, I need more. I need more fire. I need more. There is no continuous city. There is no permanent city. There is no permanence. There's nothing. He has not called you to stay in one place. He has not called you to remain permanent. He has never, God has never called you to stay in one place. Just stay there, never move. God has never called you. He's always calling for more. You have a certain number of clients, he's asking for more. Certain number, he's, ask, he's always asking. Always asking for more because God is inexhaustible. He has enough for the whole world. But you only feel what you present him. In Acts chapter 2, we read out that the Holy Ghost came upon the disciples. Acts chapter 2 from verse 1. The Bible said they were sitting in the upper room where they were praying and when they were fasting and were seeking the face of God, the power of God fell. And in that room, Peter, who used to be a coward, Peter, who used to be afraid, a fearful person, Peter, who never knew God in that sense, the Bible says he came out and he preached a powerful message. And 3,000 people gave their life to Christ in one meeting. Peter, Peter who could not face a maid servant. Peter would deny Jesus. Deny Jesus to his face. I never knew him. But no, Jesus Christ was not offended. Jesus was not offended. Jesus, was, Jesus Christ is not offended. You don't know the love of God. He looked at him like this. And I'm sure he must have smiled. Peter. Peter. Because he told him. He said, Peter, Peter was boasting. He said, all of you will leave me alone. Peter said, if everybody leaves you, not me. Me, I will die. We die here. He screamed. The angel says, before the cock crows three times, you deny me three times. He said, never. He never said, ah, me, we die here. Ah, we die. He denied him. But do you know that when Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he never brought up that issue. He never said, Peter, you denied me. Never. You know, if it was some of us, we'd have said, Brethren, Brother Peter, please, can you come and stand right here? How many of you remember that day I said, somebody was going to deny me three times? They said, ah, Yes, yes, remember. So, okay, Brother Peter, would you please tell this holy assembly at exactly 8 p.m. on Friday night, 
Where were you? What were you doing? And who were you with? And somebody was shouting, Prophet, prophesy, prophesy. He didn't do that. God does not want to make a point with your weakness. He's not trying to prove anything with what you can do well. He's not, he's not looking out for your weakness. He's trying to help you. He never brought it up. I believe that if Judas did not kill himself, Jesus would have forgiven him. I believe. I believe. He would never have held it against him. He's not holding anything against you. He loves you. He loves you unconditionally. Do you know the meaning of unconditional love? We are not used to unconditional love. We are not used to it. There was nothing called, or even among our parents, you don't get a bicycle if you don't score first. You must do something to deserve something. So we are used to deserving. We are used to, 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 re, to, to reward. So when somebody loves, says, I love you, whether you love me back or not, we are not, it doesn't, it doesn't connect. And that's the kind of love that God has for us. When you give your life to Christ, whether you pray or not, God loves you. Do you know what I'm saying? Now, he does not love you because you read your Bible. He does not love you because you pray more. You can love him because you pray more. Because the more you pray, the more you know him, the more you fall in love with him. He already loves you infinitely. He already loves you so much, he can't love you more. He loved you too much, he died for you. There's no, there's no such love anywhere. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5, I said that who will love a man, a righteous man that would even die for? Nobody. He said, but when you are yet sinners, Ekong, before you changed, while you are yet a sinner, he loved you and he died. You see, he did not die. He did not say, Ekong, will you serve me? First promise me first, before I die for you. He died before you were born. He died for you in advance. And he was believing that you will serve him. He died with no strings attached. He loves you unconditionally. He loves you. So power of God came upon Peter. The same Peter. He came out and he preached. This was a Peter that was hiding away. He came out publicly. He screamed. And the Bible says he started going on the streets and healing the sick on the streets. Healing the sick on the streets. They took church from the upper room and took it to the streets. To where people are. They took the light and the fire and the power of God from the church. They took it to where the darkness is. Any revival in the house of God that does not get to the streets is not genuine. Any power that is shown in the church that is not shown on the streets is not genuine. If you can lay hands on the sick in the hospitals, lay hands on the sick in your classroom, lay hands on the sick in the office and get them and see them get healed, whatever you do in church is fake. Outside, that's where Satan is. The light shines in darkness. The light did not shine in light. It shined in darkness. Go and tap your neighbor say, go and look for darkness. Go and look for darkness. Tap and say, go and look for darkness to shine your light in. They went out on the streets. And that's, that's why the vision of SLC says, we are people raised, by, touched by God's love, transformed by his word, and empowered by his spirit to influence the world for God. We are going out there to influence the world for God. There's no such thing. As a church within. Within. There's no such thing. God wants to bless the world. And everywhere you are, you are Jesus there. Everywhere. I remember we were having a meeting in our church before we started SLC. And the ministers of God sat down and they were complaining bitterly. They were complaining. They just ordained us in this church. They did not give us any responsibility. 
They just anoint us. Nothing. There's nothing to do in this church. No, 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 no. And you know, they were trying to ferment issues against the pastor. I was, I was provoked. I stood up. I said, ah, you, you have the Holy Ghost. Fire baptized, spirit-filled believer. You sat down here. You said there's no work. And there are lame people on the streets. There are unsaved people in your streets. There are people in your neighborhood that don't, they don't know Jesus. And you sat down here. You said, there's no work. Go out. Let's work. There are demon possessed people on the streets. We are going out before. I passed through. The first mad person that I prayed for deliberately was on the streets. <laughs> we said street healing service. So we're knocking people's door. Go, go, go. We, don't, we, are not, we didn't come to preach. Is anybody sick here? You know when you have taken some things, your, your head is swelling. You have eaten, eaten, eaten. Ah, let's try this. Ah, eat. So I carry some people. Let's go. Go, go, go. Is anybody sick there? They said there's no sick. Ah, is anybody sick there? There's no sick. When we was like five houses, yeah, there's one mad woman here. I said, bring her out. Everybody that went to me, they shoot back. Bring out. Because I've consumed something. Give me anointing oil. So they brought her out. She said, stop that, you devil. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke every power and every grip of darkness in your mind. Be lost now. She said, amen. Everybody said, ah. I said, say after me, Lord Jesus. Say, Lord, I come to you today. I come to you. I, I, you are, I'm a sinner. Forgive me. I, I, I got her healed and got her saved the same day on the streets. So when we left there, we went to the next compound. You know, there's ginger now. There's ginger. Ginger, oh, ginger. Ginger, the next compound. One woman came. She was burned down like this. I laid her Be straightened. That was loose from the spirit. She straight up. Everybody said, hey, ginger, oh, ginger. Next compound. Compound to compound. Why? We have taken the fire of God to the streets. Any fire that does not burn out in the darkness is not genuine. It's not genuine. The true test of light is in darkness. Not in light. Hallelujah. So they went to the streets. They left the upper room. And went to the streets and began to touch lives of people. But sadly, they got hooked in the streets. Jesus had said in the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8 that you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. In Jerusalem first, then in Samaria, then in Judea, then where? Uttermost parts of the world. Jesus wanted the gospel to reach the world. But these guys stuck in Jerusalem they were not going to move everybody had to be in Jerusalem Peter was sitting down and we bringing bag of rice to his feet so they bring it to his apostles feet they used bag of rice to block his leg when God saw it he said no it's not the plan you guys are supposed to fill the earth with the gospel so you know what he did he shook their nests they killed Stephen Persecution arose. Everybody scattered. He shook their nest. He wasn't going to allow them to sit down because, you see, what was a stretch last year? I say that could have become a safe place this year. Some of you, where you are today was a stretch for you last year. But you have suddenly become comfortable where you are that you are not stretching any longer. So they had left the upper room and they had come into the streets, but now they had gotten comfortable in the streets and wouldn't leave the streets of Jerusalem. And God says, no. 
I'm shaking. So he was shaking, shaking. And so the shaking that you're facing in your office today could be God telling you, you are more than this. You are more than this. Child, daughter, you are more. You see, you, everything is fighting you. You are saying, ah, what, what? God is telling you, you are more, you are more, you could be more. You are settling down too early. Remove that echo. You are settling down too early. Too early. You're settling down. It shook their nest. That they become uncomfortable. Everybody scattered. Look of Deuteronomy chapter 32 verse 11. Deuteronomy 32 verse 11. The Bible says like an eagle that shakes a nest. And makes it uncomfortable for the eaglets. All the eaglets would have stayed in the nest. They felt that they were not ready enough. How many of you know you will never feel ready enough to do what God wants you to do? Never. There will never be a point where you have enough money, enough people, enough time, enough energy, enough competence, enough skill. There will never be a time that you feel enough and sufficient to do what God has called you to do. That is why He is God. If you feel sufficient enough, it is not God. There must be that, that element of fear and anxiety and feelings of incompetence, feelings of incompleteness to be what God wants you to do. Has to be. Has to be. If not, it's not God because God will never ask you to do what you can do. Never. Never. He says, God says, God will never ask me to do what I can do. Never. Never. If it's something you can do by yourself, it's not God. It stretches you. He looked at Moses. Part the sea. With a rod. Nobody in history ever parted the sea with a rod. But you know, you have to deceive Moses to face Pharaoh. Let me say something very powerful. Some of you are where you are today because some people promised to stay with you. When you entered into it, they left you. But you have entered into it already, you cannot go back. God used those people to deceive you to start. Because you may never have started if there was no guarantee and assurance of human help. Some of you started business because one uncle promised you something. Now you have started it, it disappeared. The reason why God used this is that you will start. Now you have started, you can't go back. That was what he did to Moses. He turned the rod to snake. Ah, Moses, ah, with this rod now, by the time I get to Pharaoh's house, everybody will scatter. I will just throw it. So he did it. He turned to snake. They laughed. Oh yeah, Jugunu, Mangudu, Engumu. Come, 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 come. Everybody bring your rod. Bah, same thing. Moses, oh. He thought they were going to scatter. But everybody did the same thing. But you know what happened? The rod of Moses started swallowing. You see, now Moses had not rehearsed swallowing. You see, you will never know the true potential of your rod till you face your Pharaoh. You think you know what your rod can do? You don't know nada. Your rod can do more, but we'll not show you until you get to the field. You will not know. So Moses was shocked as much as the magicians were shocked. Colum, Colum, nine of them. Moses picked out his rod. All the rods are inside. Now you lost your rod, you lost your snake. What next? You will never, God will never tell you everything. Even Stretch! Stretch! He wanted them to stretch, so he began to shake. He began to shake their nests. He sent persecution. They were killed, they were scattered. So people like Philip, 
went to Samaria. The same thing happened in Israel. Israel stayed in Goshen. Please listen. God told Abraham that Israel was going to spend 400 years in Egypt. How many years? How many years? 400 years that Israel became comfortable in Egypt. They were taken to Goshen. They were giving them good food. Treating them specially. Those guys were not going to leave Goshen. So you know what God did? The Bible says another Pharaoh arose that did not know Joseph and began to torment them. The Bible says he tormented them so much they cried to God. Then the Bible says God remembered his covenant as if he forgot before. It's just that God cannot help you from a situation you are not uncomfortable with. Ah, You see, he cannot save you from something you like. So if you like oppression, he can't save you from it. If that sickness is eating up your lungs, eating up your body, and you are finding a way to shift, eh? you see, that's what they said. What can man do? Man, man, man must have something. Now something okay, man. You see, when you keep saying things like that, God cannot help you from it. Until you cry and say, Lord, I can't continue like this. So Israel left Egypt after they cried to God. Because if you did not arrive, if you didn't allow that Pharaoh, you see that new boss that came to your office that didn't want to see your eyes. That's God telling you. Or more. That business I told you to start. That company I told you to start. Now is the time. But they are using salary. You know, people exchange their destiny for salary. I told you, my friend. <laughs> One of my friends, is, he worked with, I don't want to mention the name of the company. He worked with the company. They make soft drinks. Soft drinks. It's a very popular soft drinks company. And after those people spent 25 years, 25 years in service, they gave them 25 crates of the soft drinks to celebrate them. <laughs> my friend said, eh? 25 years? 25 crates? He said, how much is 25 crates? Let me quickly buy the 25 crates now. I'll be going. Because it's better to buy my future. <laughs> And be sure because if, if it's after 25 years, what they give you is 25 crates. So you can go and be drinking yourself to death. It's even soft drinks. There's more. It's always stretching you, it's always asking you to do more. It's always asking you. So persecution arose and they scattered. The first key to entering an overflow is to stretch for more. That's the first key. That's the first key. For an overflow is to stretch for more. For more. You are settling down too early. How old are you? Because of the money you have in your account, you built a house, you built two houses, you, you think you've arrived. What do you have? Who have you helped? Who have you touched? How many of them? The Bible says you shall lend to nations. Have you lent to nations? You've not. How many have lent to nations? Uganda called you. Help us. Nobody has led to nations. That's your destiny. Nations should call for you for help. He says, come to Macedonia and help us. That's your destiny. Don't settle. Hallelujah. How many people say, don't settle? Don't settle. For less. Don't settle. The persecution struck them. And they went out. Luke chapter 4, quickly. Luke chapter 4. Verse 38. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verse 38. I want to read from 38. Who is there? Who has a New Living Translation? Luke 4, 38, yes. 
Yes. Yes. Can you can you hear? Can, can you can you read a little bit louder? Yes. Mhm. Mhm. Everyone begged him. Yes. Yes. Mhm. Mhm. A meal for them. Yes. As the sun went down that evening. Yes. People throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. Okay. Now look at that. The Bible says here that he went to Simon Peter's house, met the mother-in-law sick, and he laid hands on her. People begged her, please heal her. Healed one person. When he healed one person, the whole village. You know, Archbishop Benson that was and spoke about how his pastor preached out to heal the sick and raise the dead. And after he raised, he raised a dead child the first day, got on his bicycle and rode through the streets. Is anybody dead here? Is anybody dead here? Is anybody dead here? Rose the second child the second day in that community. On the third day, when he came out of his house, they were lame people, blind people, waiting for him at his doorstep. He said, don't look for us, we have arrived. We are here, we are here for you. So when he did that, when he saw that Peter's mother, who was sick, the Bible says he, she rose up instantly and served them. The Bible says clearly, clearly, that everybody in the village came with their sick. But then what happened? No matter what their diseases were, yes, Somebody say touch. No matter cancer, Ebola, HIV, diarrhea, any kind of, there's no such thing as an incurable disease with Jesus. No such thing. We have seen him heal cancer. We have seen him heal fractured bones. We have seen him in internal organs. We've seen him heal all kinds of diseases. There is no such thing. There is no such thing as an incurable disease with the Lord Jesus. No such. No such thing. No such thing. Oh, no matter yes, I love that word it allows me to have faith when I'm confronted with issues no matter no matter there is no special condition that the specialist Jesus cannot handle no no so if you come to him today and say Lord you read it in Luke chapter 4 here I am I'm your son I'm your daughter you must heal me today there's someone in this church we are praying online and a lady that I've never met, I never met her. Eh? Never met her before. She created online and she was diagnosed of cancer. Had cancer, lumps in her breast. And we prayed online on WhatsApp and she got healed. And so she sent me a testimony and I screen grabbed and I put on my status. And there's someone in this church who has been bleeding for three years. A guy. Bleeding for three years. And I did not know. Now, we started church last year. Our church is less than one year. We started church last year. He had been close to me as a brother and as a ministry friend for about three years. And I did not know that he had that condition. But when he read that testimony on, his stat on my status, he was angry. He was, you see, I told you that Jesus Christ cannot save you from a condition you are comfortable with. He was furious. He said, Jesus, these people have not even met Philip in person. I eat with him. I roll with him. I walk with him. I'm a member of his church. This anointing is available for me. He fled up. And the way he walks, they have to wear white, white. That's the uniform for where he walks. He walks with paramilitary. 
and he had to take special requests to wear black trousers because of the condition but that day he was angry took his white trousers ha Satan said you are going to disgrace yourself he said like, like. he wore his white trousers and he said he spoke in violent tongues he spoke in tongues till he got his place of assignment he said he sat down something said Kai you are going to be stained today eh? he said never he said so he started feeling some wetness and he said do you remember that I said every storm is Satan telling you do you want do you want every symptom is an, is a, is an offer it's not the sickness symptom is not the sickness that lump in your breast is not cancer when the doctor says it is cancer and you say okay sir you have agreed then cancer comes because two cannot work together except they agree. Friends, two, any two, man and woman, God and man, Satan and man, cannot work together if there's no agreement. So every time you say, this thing must be fever, Satan says, yes, it is. This thing must be HIV. Satan says, yes, it is. This pain in my back, is that not, this pain in my knees, is that not rheumatism? Satan says, it could be, maybe it is. Every time, every symptom, Every symptom is waiting. You know, we are in law. We do offer. We do invitation to treat. We do acceptance. So that symptom is an invitation to treat. What do you want? Do you like it? Would you want to have it? I said, ah, this thing. And you quickly goggle it. Lower pain in the belly. Goggle. Goggle say, ah, you are finished. <laughs> that pain you just sell now. That's Goggle telling you. <laughs> It has killed one billion people. They say in 2020, it's going to kill another one billion. Particularly WHO and UN and UNICEF have did the research that is very strong now around the Federal Capital Territory of Nigeria. And they are moving close to your names once more. You say Mugbe. Ha! That's Gogu. So he said he was angry and he sat down and because there's a chunk of flesh that comes out of his body, after like one hour, he got up. The chunk had gone inside. Hallelujah. He went to the bedroom and checked. There was no blood. Now, that testimony happened on Wednesday. He could not talk. He pumped. Let's confirm this thing. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. By Sunday night, he could not take it anymore. He said, Jesus has healed me. Jesus has healed me. And shared the testimony. I sat in my room and I wept like a child. Because I was not there. I did not lay hands on him. They said, I didn't lay hands on him. I didn't touch him. It was Jesus that healed him. He got furious. He was dissatisfied. I said, enough! Enough! So they brought people, any condition, any condition, no matter what the doctors have said, Jesus can heal it. Jesus can heal it. Cancer, old people, sickness, rheumatism, anything. Jesus of Nazareth died. The day he died for your sin was the day he died for your sickness. Pay the price. Pastor Manus. Let me say with my friend Manus. Thank you. Wow. Let's continue. What does he do next? 
Many were possessed by demons. Yes. And the demons came out at his command, yes. shouting, yes. You are the son of God. Yeah. But because he, they knew he was the Messiah, yeah. he rebuked them and refused to let them speak. Okay. Continue. Early the next morning, yeah. Jesus went out to an isolated place. Yep. The crowd searched everywhere for him. Yep. And when they finally found him, yes. they begged him not to leave them. Now, who will not beg him not to leave? If you have someone like that in your community, even the government will beg him. Nigeria will say, please, don't leave. So everybody came and they begged him not to leave. Stay with us. Don't leave. This is fantastic. And for Jesus, that would have been success as a ministry person. I mean, what else do you want? You are in a city and everybody in the city is begging for you not to leave. Every natural person will stay there and say, the Lord has given us the city. Hallelujah. <laughs> Friends, we have arrived. We are going to shake the city for God. The fire of God is going to touch everyone. We are here. We are here. He would have been screaming everywhere. But what did Jesus say? But, they, but he replied. He replied. I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God in other towns too. I must preach the good news of this gospel in other places too. For what? Because that is why I was sent. That is why I was sent. It was not going to allow this momentary success. Stop him for the future success. I must preach in other places too. But Jesus, if you go to other places, you'll be starting from the beginning. He says, I don't care. I don't care. Another business unit. Another business flow. Another client. Another prayer house. Another ministry. Another child. Another orphanage. Another company. Another, 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 another. I must preach in every other place also. I wouldn't allow the acceptance, the seeming acceptance that I have here, steal the potential of what I carry. I wouldn't allow it. I wouldn't allow it. And God is calling you to more. I know you have success. But God said, look, there's so much more. If I show you, you'll be shocked. So much. Somebody say, somebody say so much. Say so much. There's so much healing available. There's so much faith available. There's so much fire available. There's so much. In the book of Philippians chapter 3, help me. Edidion, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. There's so much. There's so much available. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these That's things. That's Paul speaking. Everybody look into your Bible, Philippians chapter 3. I don't do what? I don't mean to say that I have already achieved I don't these mean things. to say I've already achieved, yes. Or that I have already reached perfection. Or that I've reached perfection, yes. But I press on to possess that perfection. I press on to possess the perfection, yes. For which Christ Jesus first possessed me. For which Christ possessed me, yes. No, dear brothers and sisters. Yes. I have not achieved it. But I, I, I have not. Paul the Apostle, the writer of Tutor of the Gospel, the man from whom all the Gentiles got to hear about Jesus. He said, I've not achieved anything. Continue, what did he say next? But I focus on this one thing. I focus on one thing, yes. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies I ahead. forget the past. Forget my past failures. Forget my past mistakes. And yes, forget my past success. I forget what I've achieved. Anything you have achieved is no longer your potential. Anything. I don't care how great it is. I don't care how mighty it is. Anything you have done, you have done, done and dusted. Forget. Yes, what do I do? I press on. I press on. For what? To reach the end of the race. To reach for more. 
that was why Elisha told that woman when you fill the vessel any vessel that is full set it aside any vessel that is full set it aside when you get a vessel and it's full of oil don't begin to dance around your vessel don't begin to waste time spending more money to dance around something you have already achieved Every vessel that is filled, life change, company owned, business one, set it aside and reach for more. Reach for more. The first key to an overflow with God is to reach for more, is to stretch for more. I'm going to show you something scripture and it's going to shock you. In the book of Luke, chapter 5, the disciples had labored all night. They labored all night. The Bible says they cut nothing. Labored, worked. The disciples know what it is to ozu, and there's no profit. It's not like you're a lazy man. You are working. You are working hard. You are toiling. But there's no results for what they did. They went through the night, did what they should do. They did what they were supposed to do. They were learned, trained, fishermen. I don't know what this did to me. I'm always going to learn trained. Future man, they knew what they were doing. They know they are onions, like they will say. But the Bible says they cut nothing. You see, that is where you need the intervention of God. In those days that you have done everything the book says do, you've done your research, you've done your work, and yet you've cut nothing. They toiled all night and cut nothing. The Bible says Jesus has appeared to them in Luke chapter 5, verse 4. When he had stopped speaking, are you there? Is everybody there? Luke 5, 4, when he was done speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your what? Your what? Yes. Your what? Yes. Your nets for a what? A drop, a catch. Let down your nets, plural. But if you look at verse 5, the Bible says, Peter says, but Simon answered and said, Master, we have toiled all night and cut nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. So God asks for nets and they let down a net. We've cut nothing. Now, you see, they are going to allow the experience to rob them of an opportunity. Let me tell you, let me tell you some of you are working in faith, but not in full faith. You failed before. But now you want to try one more time. But this time you don't want to stretch too much. You don't want to spare too much. You, don't, you just want to do a little. Because you're afraid of another failure. You're afraid of disappointment. What if it doesn't work again? We did this all night. So that's why the failure is not so pronounced. The failure is not so big like that. Let's just do small. So if it does not work, we will not have even really lost anything. So the, the children won net. The Bible says they cost so much fish that the nets began to break. Now what Jesus did was we are giving a command in the spirit that all the fishes in that area conglomerates under their boots. And he was expecting because he knew the capacity of what, you see God knows the capacity of what he has called for. He knows what he's bringing to your life. He knows it. So when he says do this, he's giving instruction. Obedience is the strongest weapon in the supernatural. Obedience is stronger than prayer. No matter how powerful your prayer is, you can never give prayer that would exchange for obedience. No. So they let down one net. 
and they caught fishes. The Bible says that their nets broke. And when their nets broke, what does it mean? Some fishes were falling back into the river. And Jesus noted that. He noted that they didn't obey completely. And what he wanted to give to them, they were not ready for it. They were not ready for it. So after three years that he had lived his life and he had died, and he had rose back from the dead, he saw them again. They went back to fishing. And he saw them in John chapter 21. John chapter 21. He saw them fishing quickly. John 21. When he saw them fishing, please take note, the first time they caught fishes, he said, put down your nets. They put down one net. Their nets broke. Their nets broke in John chapter 21. Now he gives an instruction. Who is there? Are you in John, in, in, in John 21? Verse in John 21, verse 6. And he said to them, cast the net. Did you see that now? Did you see what Jesus Christ said? What did he say? So now since Jesus Christ has reduced his supply to their level of obedience. Did that touch you? Now because the last disobedience you gave is the reason why the supply is short. It's the reason for the shortness and the reduction in the supply. Your faith. God will give you instruction beyond your mind but equal to your faith. So your mind can grasp it because your mind, your head cannot understand but your heart has the capacity to hear God. So when he gives an instruction, he gives an instruction at the capacity of your heart. He says, see every land you see from the north, the south, the west, the east, I'm giving to you. In your heart. He gives an instruction. But when you disobey, you say, Lord, we can't do that. The next instruction you get will be at the capacity of your mind. I don't know what... I don't know what I get because he hates to be disobeyed. So he says, okay, the next one I'm giving you will be one. That, is that thing that you want to do? It will be at your level. Someone say, Lord, give me more. Say, Lord, I'm ready to obey. So look at this closely. The Bible says they cast the net on the right hand side and you shall find. Let's continue. In verse 7. Verse 6. He says, so they cast now and they were not able to draw in it. Because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he got out of the boat, blah, 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 blah. Verse, verse 9. The Bible says in verse 9, Then as soon as they had come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid on it and bread. Jesus Christ said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have your caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land, full of large fish, 150. That's verse 11. There were so many, verse 11 says, but yet the net did not break. So have you noticed that you have stopped having net breaking miracles? Why? You shrunk your feet lower than the level of instruction. That's why you missed it. We are getting it right this morning. Say, Lord, give me more. Rest on your feet. Rest on your feet. You're going to dig say, Lord, my heart is ready. I receive more. Come on. I receive more. Tired of the status quo. It's gotta be more. Tired of the status quo. It's gotta be more than this. I'm tired of the status quo. Lord, I receive more today. It's gotta be more than this. It's gotta be more than this. It's gotta be more. It's gotta be more. Gotta be more than this. Gotta be more than this.
it's gotta be more, it's gotta be more, it's gotta be more, it's gotta be more than I'm tired of the status quo, I'm tired of the status quo, it's gotta be more, it's gotta be more than I'm tired of the status quo, For listening to this message, meditate on these words and watch how it will transform your life. For inquiries, please call 0909-672-9827 or 0807-548-5997. You can reach us on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram at SLChurchNG. You can reach us on our Facebook. That's Supernatural Life Church.